0: What's up guys, Chris Avery with you on another edition of Chargers Weekly off-season edition and we typically do these beat writers roundtables throughout the year uh, with, with Daniel Popper who's here today but, but I thought we'd do something a little bit different geared towards Oregon and Justin Herbert. So I have two special guests here, uh, Rob Mosley of GoDucks.com, the editor there in Eugene and Tyson Alger who covers the, the Ducks as well and you guys know Popper. Uh, gentlemen, thank you guys for joining me. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, hey, it's been kind of a whirlwind season in the NFL. And and for Justin Herbert, uh, the last six months have been simply incredible. And and I want to start with the guys uh, that that cover the the Ducks and Eugene. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you. Just your overall reaction to what you saw at Justin with the Chargers this year. Uh,
1: It was uh, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I was one who... Um, based on, you know, uh, the perception of him coming out of college and, and some of the things you read, some of the mixed reviews, uh, in the pre-draft process thought, Hey, you know, this is a good situation where he's going to the chargers who have a, who have an established starter. Um, he can take some time to adjust, get used to the league. You know, he'd been in kind of a small bubble being a Eugene kid who, who then went to school here. And, uh, and I thought this, this is a great situation. Take a year to kind of marinate, uh, and then we'll see what the future holds. Uh, but obviously things played out much differently.
0: <laughs> they did. He, he marinated very, very quickly. Tyson, what about you, man?
2: Yeah. I, I was firmly in the camp of thinking like, I thought Justin Herbert would be a good NFL quarterback, but I thought it would be like three or four years down the road. I, I mean, we just, he he was good at Oregon. Like you can go and look at all his stats. Like he goes down as, you know, he, he's up there right by Marcus Mariota with it, with everything. But I mean, he just never looked that dynamic within Oregon's offense. And then I think a lot of that was just the type of offense Oregon was running. And, you know, it helps having Keenan Allen to throw to too, just like those elite type of receivers. I I mean, it's just different. And I, I remember watching, uh, It was Justin's freshman year. It was a game at Cal. And I think Rob might know this one better, but I think Justin threw like five touchdown passes in there. It was like 400, 500 yards. And it was like, oh my God, like this kid can be phenomenal. And like, you just didn't quite see like those stats week in and week out. But I mean, here in the NFL, like it's, it's, I've been shocked. Like I I was not (laughs) expecting that this year.
0: You know hindsight it's always 2020 but when you look at guys like Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa the weapons that they had at the collegiate level and then then you kind of put Justin in this position where you mentioned it Tyson he has Keenan Allen he has Mike Williams Uh, he he was elevating the play of really the undrafted free agent guys Austin Eckler in the backfield Hunter Henry is the tight end so he was really put in in a in a unique situation and was able to thrive. Uh, Popper You had an awesome piece in the athletic, the awakening of Justin Herbert. Uh, It it was if you didn't know much about Justin and his upbringing in Eugene, you certainly got a a really good glimpse. What was it like putting that feature together?
3: Uh, I appreciate that. Um, You know, my goal was to figure out how this happened because you talk to anyone that knows Justin, and they were at least to some level surprised by what happened. The beat writers that just spoke before I, you know, I started this, you know, they're talking about how, and you know they're surprised and they saw glimpses, but they didn't expect this type of consistency. I mean, even you talk to his father, he's surprised the coaches that coached him in the, uh, in the, in the lead up to the combine, you know, wouldn't go as far as to say, Hey, we're surprised, but to see it happen this quickly was something they didn't necessarily expect. And so I wanted to figure out, okay, how did this happen? How exactly does he go from a kid that everyone thought would have a tough time performing at this level this quickly to the rookie of the year, setting all of these records. And you know, the one thing that I discovered was like, he came up in such a humble environment growing up. Um, You know, whether you talk about his great, his grandfather, rich, his dad, Mark, you talk to him. And, and the first thing that comes across is just how humble he is. I mean, he's talking about his friends, you know, make fun of him. Like how the hell did this happen? You know, you were, you were a knucklehead growing up, like how to, even in college, you know, like how did, where did this come from? Um, And, you know, so that was instilled in him, be humble, Don't talk about what you're going to do. Go show everyone what you're going to do. And so, you know, in the lead up to the draft, that ended up being a knock on him. I mean, all these draft experts talking about how, oh, his personality won't translate. He's not going to be a leader of men, which is a tired cliche. But guess what? Like, if you can play and you can ball out, no one cares how loud you are. No one cares how hard you beat your chest. If you can throw a ball 70 yards accurately down the field consistently, people are going to follow you. And that happened. I mean, that happened with the Chargers. He stepped on the field in training camp and started throwing the ball all over the all over the yard and hitting Keenan Allen between the numbers and, you know, throwing that deep ball to Joe Reed in, like, the third practice. Like, all of these things happening. And, and you know, NFL players are on the sideline, on the field being like, okay, we got a dude, right? And, like, yeah. that's what happened. And, and And for him, it was it was realizing how good he was, you know, like his skill set is, is pretty much unmatched in the NFL besides guys like Patrick Holmes. Like that's pretty much the only comparison. And so he didn't realize how good he was because he grew up in Eugene. I mean, Eugene was all he knew. I mean, born there. I mean, his parents met there at a restaurant in Eugene. His grandparents had been there since the early sixties. Like this is all he knew. So he grew up a mile and a half from Allison stadium and he would walk to games with his father. But like, that's it. He saw that stadium in his backyard. Right. And he's like, that's where I want to be. That's the, that's the top of the mountain. I get there and I start for Oregon and I win a Rose bowl and I win offensive MVP. Like that's, the, that's the top. And then it's all, it's like all of a sudden he real like he, he was told, okay, you're going to be a top prospect and you're going to have a chance to play in the NFL. And it was like, Oh wait, there's more. And so he got on the field and oh, before the combine and getting ready for the draft. And, and obviously he was on the field with John Beck, his personal quarterback coach in the spring too. Uh, you know, learning the offense because they couldn't get on the field because of COVID protocols. Um, And the first thing that he wanted Justin to realize was like, there are very few guys in this league that can make the throws and make the plays that you can make. And Justin's response was, really? Are you you sure? Like, I, I don't know if that's actually true. So they had to instill this confidence in them. I mean, you have all of these guys coming out of college that have been told their entire lives, you're going to the NFL, you are going to be a Hall of Famer, you're going to be the next great quarterback. But no one's telling Justin that because these values that were instilled in him, be humble. You know, we're not going to tell you that you're going to be the greatest quarterback of all time because, hey, you're a pretty good basketball player and you're a pretty good baseball player. And also, you know, you're a pretty good biology student, too, and you could go to medical school. And so his parents kept all these doors open to him and wanted him to be a humble person. And so because of that, the, the, the ulterior result of that was that he didn't have the same kind of confidence that all these other elite 11 quarterbacks had. Um, and so he had to realize that after he got drafted, he had to realize, okay, I am that talented. And then once that clicked a few days into training camp, it was all over because having that knowledge and that understanding of your talents gives you an edge. And John Beck gave me a great quote that was like, you know, Aaron Rodgers knows that Patrick Mahomes knows that Matthew Stafford knows that like these guys are on the field. They know they are talented enough to fit the ball into windows that other quarterbacks can. And once he realized that you add that with all the talent that he had around him. Um, And it led to this surprising, you know, expectation exceeding rookie season.
0: Rob, we know how much Eugene means to Justin, and I know that's reciprocated. Can you take me back to that Sunday in week two where no one had a clue that he was going to start the opener at SoFi Stadium against the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs? And First drive, I believe it was eight plays, 79 yards, capped off by a Justin Herbert rush. What was it like in Eugene as that unfolded? Well, I can only really speak to how people were connecting online because obviously that
1: happened in the midst of a pandemic. But yeah. um, for, for those of us who are connected with Oregon, I think between the couple of games Sabrina Ionescu played before her injury in the WNBA, between the game when Justin and Marcus Mariota uh, both played together And then that game, that first game that Justin played, those were like three or four of the best days of the whole year, given all the circumstances uh, that that were going on. Uh, There was more of a sense of community. You know, we didn't get home games at Austin Stadium. Um, You know, we didn't get, you know, we haven't been getting home basketball games at Matthew Knight Arena. We haven't had these chances to connect in person. So those three or four days were the best sense of connection that Oregon fans, generally speaking, got together to just come together. And cheer and be happy and just um, kind of immerse yourself in being a fan and, and kind of block out all the other circumstances, all the other craziness of, of 2020. So um, it was, yeah, it was one of the most pure, fun sports uh, days of, of the whole year, without a doubt. Um, and in a year when some pretty good things happened for Oregon Athletics, Ro- starting off with the Rose Bowl, and both basketball teams won. Conference championships, but it was it was absolutely a day that stands out more than almost any other in in the calendar year.
0: I'll never forget it, too. It it was just it was a wire to wire situation where they were leading the entire game up until uh, overtime until Bucker made the the game winner. Um, But it's definitely a, a day that I don't think Chargers fans will ever forget. Tyson, what was it like for you? And what's it just been like in general uh, seeing kind of Justin check off all these boxes, you know, you start with the Rose bowl at the beginning of 2020, those three touchdowns. Um, he, really, he answered the belt, the senior bowl, the combine, the draft, and then just to kind of go through an NFL season without a full off season program, get thrust into action and, and continue to thrive.
2: Yeah. Like, I still can't believe that Rose bowl was just like a year ago. Like (laughs) Like I I very much remember like just being in the scrum with just like everyone around him and Tom Rinaldi interviewing him, And you could just tell like that this was kind of like the pinnacle of like what Justin had wanted. Yeah. Um, And just to kind of progress through that, like probably the most surreal day for me this year was Oregon's pro day because that was the day that basically everything shut down. Um, And I, I spent much of that day standing with, with Mark Herbert, his dad and, his dad just loves watching him throw the football. I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Like, it's, it's a proud father watching his son. And, like, we're st- sitting there watching Justin, like, uh, uh, do uh, standing throws downfield of, like, 60, 70 yards down line. It was just like, okay, like, we all know that, like, he has, like, this part of, like, the game. Like, his physical skill set's incredible. But then to, to go from that to uh, the draft, which I feel like was – a really celebrated day around here. You had you had Oregon's coaching staff like piling in cars and kind of parading around town, and then ending at Justin's house. Like there, there were so many things that were taken away. This year, and I, I feel like a lot of like the good around here was brought to you by Herbert, whether it be the Rose Bowl or the draft and then and then this season coming along, I, I actually just went back and looked at a text from uh, from Mark after that that first game that Justin played and all he, all he responded was wow didn't see that coming and, and I think that <laughs> kind of reflects what, what a lot of us thought but um I mean, we we all saw the way that in 2016, he came in midway through the season and replaced Dakota Prukop at Washington State. His first start was against a Washington team that was going to the college football playoff which put 70 points up on the ducks and like Justin was never really rattled from there. Like he, he kind of like took these experiences, cataloged them and kind of progressed through. And so it doesn't surprise me that at the NFL level, like you're seeing him kind of like check these boxes and, and progress. And, and I mean, it's, it's the same stuff as when he was in college, where they were saying that he was too quiet. He wasn't enough of a leader and like that never really affected him. Like he played pretty good football and, and, and you're seeing that happen with the chargers right now.
0: It's, it's actually a perfect segue, Popper, because it, it, we are during we, this is draft evaluation season now. So these mm. prospects, first rounders, you're going to find something to ding them for. Right. Right. Wrong or indifferent. And for Justin, it was for some reason, the, the leadership qualities. And, you know, as journalists, it, what's the fundamental thing? Show, don't tell. Right. Like, yeah, he, he basically has his play speak for him for himself and for his teammates and what we saw I think during this season and I'm sure you guys probably saw it up in Eugene uh, he didn't have to say much the the play did the talking the number when you put up four touchdowns on Monday Night Football against Drew Brees you don't need to say anything when you're going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and you have a 17-point lead against him in the first half you don't have to say much so, uh, you know, it, it makes me think, and, and just going through this 2021 draft process, when you hear the cons and you hear the negatives, it, it makes me think twice, Popper.
3: Yeah, well, I think a lot of that was people not doing their research, though. I mean, you have all these draft experts on Twitter who say, oh, he's not a leader because they read it somewhere in some bogus blog. But, like, if you talk to people from Oregon, no one thought that. I mean, no, none of his teammates thought that. Like, none of the coaching staff thought that. If you talk to anyone who actually knew Justin – They would say, yeah, he's not the loudest guy, but he leads in his own way. And I think, obviously, the Chargers did their homework and knew that he was going to be fine in that area because it was never an issue. But the one thing I'll say is, like, the way he leads is building genuine relationships. That's what he believes, in. that's what his family believes. in. you connect with people on a human level, and you develop genuine relationships. And, And that's the best way to lead. That is the absolute best way to lead because people have to know who you are as a human. They have to know you're real and genuine. With your with your love with your affection so that when you do get on somebody when you do say something they know it's coming from a place of, of of wanting the best for that other person and that's what he believes in. and i'll go back to one anecdote i got right like all these other quarterbacks that are top talent quarterbacks were going to elite 11 camps and playing in these seven seven on seven tournaments in the summer right justin didn't do any of that because he wanted to win a state title at sheldon high school that was like at that point in his life that's all he wanted it was like the most important thing because his older brother Mitchell won um, the state championship when he was a senior, and so Justin like wanted that so badly. So he would stay in Eugene over the summers and throw with his Sheldon High School teammates when he could have been out self-promoting, could have been out at these camps, you know, generating more interest. Because at that point, it was like Montana State and Northern Arizona and Portland State, like those were his options. He could have been out, you know, showing them, hey, I'm six six and I can throw the ball seventy yards and getting an offer to Alabama, but that wasn't important to him. What was important to him was developing this rapport with his receivers and backs at Sheldon High School, developing these genuine relationships so that he could win a championship, a state championship at Sheldon High School. And that happened again. He comes to the NFL. And what does he do? He packs up his car in Eugene, drives 15 hours to Costa Mesa, California, sets up shop here, gets on the practice field in the spring when no one else can, can, when no NFL teams can do it. And who is he throwing to? Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen. You know, in the offense, working through the offense, developing these genuine relationships with his teammates. And guess what? That mattered during the season. Like, you don't just connect with Keenan Allen with a snap of a finger. It takes time. It takes reps. And this is a kid who believes in these genuine relationships. He developed them in the spring. He put in the extra work. Like, he's up at five in the morning lifting with the linebackers. Like, that's how you you get respect, being genuine and showing off your work ethic. And, and connecting with guys and spending time. And he's said that over and over again. That's what's important to him. And so that's also a factor in this. And that's how he leads. That's how he leads. And I'll take that over somebody who beats their chest and r- runs around screaming all the time. Like that is what leadership is because it's not. One more for
0: Rob and Tyson. Then we'll go around the horn to, to wrap this up. Uh, Rob, the Chargers are going through uh, a head coaching search right now. And, and we know the amount of coaches that Justin had at Oregon and, It's likely that he's going to have to learn a new offense in 2021, but I don't know if there's a better player that's equipped to to handle that challenge. I don't know if you could just speak to the intelligence of Justin, him having to adjust at Oregon, and then maybe having to adjust again in his second season.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, as Daniel has alluded to a couple times, um, you know, his dreams of who he was going to be weren't necessarily, I think, when he was growing up playing in the NFL. I think he grew up thinking he was going to be Dr. Herbert. Um, you know, his brother Mitch is on that path now. Mitch is going to be Dr. Herbert. You know, he's in medical mm-hmm. school. He's in the Ivy League. So, um, what that tells you is, A, that explains, A, some of this maturation he said to go through to kind of, you know, uh, embrace the fact that he is an, an NFL quality player. But also, this dude knows how to put in the work and study and learn something. Um, so, you know, I think... Uh, you know, we'd all like to see him air it out as much as he was as a rookie. So uh, hopefully uh, whatever new system he's in looks something like that. But yeah, I have no doubt that, you know, if if a new coach comes to him and says, here's the film you need to watch, here's the play sheets you need to study. This is what we're going to be running. He's going to have it down. I mean, he's not going to have a problem assimilating that, you know, will it take advantage of his skills in exactly the same way? um you know will people agree it takes advantage of his skills in the best way that's for others to say but in, just in terms of his ability to learn it and execute it whatever it looks like yeah i don't think there's any doubt because he, he's just he's he's one of the smartest guys i've i've ever covered on the football field
0: tyson when you see what he did this year and you just see his progression through his his four years at oregon where can he go uh, you know I, I think the chargers it's safe to say It's the hardest thing to do is is to find a franchise quarterback. Well, Once you know you got him, you build around him. Uh, How good do you think Justin Herbert can be in just the small sample size we have of his rookie season?
2: I mean, he's got a top three arm in the league. He's got a top three build in the league. He's got a top three brain in the like. He's got an unbelievable ceiling. Uh, A a couple of weeks ago, I I did a story where I went back and talked uh, with some of like the former Oregon professional quarterbacks. And I was talking with Chris Miller, who was a first round pick for the Ducks back in the 80s. Uh, and, and, he, and, and he, he just marvels over him. He's like, he, he's like, I've seen Herbert make throws that like three guys in like the NFL right now can make. And then he was talking about a touchdown pass that he had. I forget which week it was, but he's like, there's five guys in the history of the league that, that can make that throw. And I think that might be a little, little, <laughs> little I, I don't know. Yeah. There
3: are some throws, like some of the, some of the throws he made like off his back foot with pressure in his face, like 65 yards down the field, dropping into a bucket. Like, I don't know if that's like, cross even hyperbole like I think it's possible if you go down to, to be like oh. could be a case too
1: of a Sheld- Sheldon high school quarterbacks having each other's back too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eugene native Chris
2: Miller <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> there you go but, but the, 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 the one thing I wanted to, to bring up though is like you know you go back and watch that game where him and Marcus were battling back and forth and like I, I don't think there's much of an argument that Marcus had like the superior college career I mean like that guy was was incredible in Eugene but then you just look when they're on the same field together and Justin dwarfs him. And like, I never thought Marcus was a small guy, but just like when they went in for that kind of like the dap up at the end of the game was just like, I don't, I mean, there's so much luck that goes involved, but like Justin's not going to get hurt because of his frame. Like that guy can take hits. He can throw, like, I I think he's built to just like, he has the foundation to just keep propelling himself um, to, I mean, I'm not going to put a cap on him at this time. I'm not going to be the one projecting that. Like, I don't know if he's going to be good in two or three years. (laughs) Justin Herbert has made a fool out of a lot of us, and that's yeah. great for him.
0: <laughs> guys, final thing—we put a bow on this. Just uh, your favorite moment from the season, or something that's it's going to stand out. I know Rob. We talked earlier about Week Two, and, and you mentioned Mariota, Herbert. I'm sure that was a special moment in Eugene. Uh, Popper, I'll start with you, and we'll, we'll end with the guys in Eugene.
3: Yeah, I think for me, it's going to be that that game-winning overtime touchdown against the uh, the Raiders, where he snuck it in. And was like sitting down being like i was in i was in it's just like a perfect example of justin Herbert. like he's he's still like that kid from eugene like playing in the backyard like looking up at his dad being like i was in i I was in the ball you know like i thought it was perfect but it was also important to his development that was the second straight week that he had led a game-winning touchdown it was on a short week against the division opponent they did that that long division losing streak like I think that that was a really important moment for him because he battled through a lot of adversity. Like they lost a lot of games. There are a lot of times where he had the ball late in the game and couldn't get it done. Obviously it wasn't his fault, but he, I was weighing on him. Like those losses were weighing on him. And I think to get a little bit of, a, of momentum going there to win a game in the division last second, you know, making the net, like that play to, to Jalen Guyton where he threw off his back foot, you know, delivered a beautiful ball downfield. I thought that that will stick out to me just because it, was evidence of who he is
2: and also was so important to to what he's going to be moving forward.
3: Tyson,
0: what about you, buddy?
2: I was going to say similar because uh, you know, going back to like people thinking that Justin's not a leader, he's not like a raw, raw guy. Like this guy's fired up when he's on the football field, he shows yeah. a lot of passion out there. If you go back to the Rose bowl, like there's a still frame of him and on, on, his last touchdown run where it looks like his eyes are about to explode out of his head, just because of like how stoked he is about getting to the end zone. I mean, he, he's a button up guy off the field. Like he's, he's always thinking about the team and like what's best for it. like, I, I remember at uh PAC 12 media days, it was going into his senior season. I was sitting with him and in Oregon linebacker, Troy Dye, and, and Troy Dye's a little looser-lipped than Justin ever was. And, uh, and, and Dye starts telling me kind of this relatively salacious story. Uh, and he's like, and by the way, this is off the record. And then Justin, like, grabbed his arm. He's like, we don't tell stories like that. <laughs> and, 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 and so that's that, that's just kind of like, you know, he's, he's very forward-thinking off the field. Like, he's not going to give you, like, a, a great quote in a press conference. But, like, this guy's all about ball. And, and, and he's very passionate when he's on the field.
0: Rob, we'll give you the final word. Yeah, for me, you know,
1: speaking for sort of Oregon fandom, it was the Mariota game. I just think that the, just the pure joy to experience that level of happiness for two of our guys on the on the same field, both playing well, um, and uh, with all that 2020 threw at us, just to be able, to, again, to just have that moment, to just celebrate those guys and see them both succeeding, you know, it, it couldn't have been scripted better, um, uh, and so... Yeah, that, by, that, by far, that's the the memory with Justin that's going to stick out. Um, and, you know, the fact that it was, you know, Marcus is basically the guy he grew up uh, idolizing when he was a, a, a kid sitting in the stands at Autzen Stadium and then got to go head-to-head with him, knowing what that meant to Justin, and then yeah. obviously knowing what that meant to Marcus Mariota, given everything he's gone through the last couple of
0: years. It was just, uh, it was out of Hollywood. No question about it. Guys, this was so much fun. I, it's, I think it's great for Chargers fans because – they are obsessed with justin herbert right now so so any information as they, they shouldn't as they should be but any information yeah. they can get from growing up his collegiate career from poppers feature to what you guys have done and covering him uh, on a daily basis and eugene man it, it's uh, much appreciated I, I thank you guys for joining me tyson alger daniel popper and rob bosley we'll see you guys down the road hopefully uh you know, maybe, maybe Justin will be at a playoff game at SoFi Stadium in 2021, and we can we can see you there in person.
2: Sounds great. That'd be great. That sounds like a plan.